been just Google Dr. Stillman YouTube. Good morning. Uh, had a little delay this morning. We our internet here every night, and sometimes when you get it started back up, uh, it causes some problems. So I had a really good question uh, from a gentleman on Instagram, and I promised him I would give an answer here. That way we can help more people. And uh, basically it's on what would I, how would I raise a child? And a disclaimer on that, I'm not a parent, never been a parent, but I have coached endless amounts of children from, you know, the eighth grade all the way through college, you know, and beyond. So, um, and I've also been able to coach several generations of people. So um, this is my opinion. Okay. I have no idea. Well, I can, by, by observation, I know how hard it is to be a parent, especially today with all the modern technology and all that good stuff. Things aren't as simple as they used to be. Children do not learn. Uh, children, children do learn what they live. They grow up to live what they've learned. Dorothy Nolt, I think I'm pr pronouncing that correctly. Play is the highest expression of human development in children. For it alone is free expression of what it is in a child's soul. Frederick Froebel said that. Okay. And this, of course, is an emphasis on giving the child the most options for to be athletic and healthy. And I, I asked for some context. And so this is kind of a controversial topic. Okay. Because it, it, it's going to push some buttons with some people. And that's okay. That's fine. Because this is how I would raise if I was going to have a child, which, you know, with being a dude, I still have the ability to do that, right? My, I, I don't have the time constraints that, uh, that women do, right? And so there still is an opportunity if I decide that that's something I want to pursue, that, that is still on the table for me. So if I was going to have a child, the first thing I would do is watch Joe Rogan's interview with rfk on spotify that's the first thing i would do and i'll leave it at that i'm not going down that rabbit hole you can go on that down that rabbit hole on your own the second thing i would do is i would make sure that you know my partner is on the same page as me as far as overall philosophy of raising the child okay because if you got two people that have two totally different outlooks on this it's not going to work well but that being said when the after the child was born um you know obviously you know breastfeeding good food all that that's good stuff we're not going to go into all that detail on that but number one thing is that child is going to spend as much time on the floor you know obviously after the you know um the, the, the you know when they're super super young but as they get older they are going to spend as much time on the floor as possible. You have two windows, uh, a two-year window of time where the brain is extremely, extremely. Um, good morning, Michelle. Um, the brain is extremely pliable and it's going to learn at a faster rate than pretty much the rest of its life, right? So the brain is absolutely exploding and expanding. And that's why having good nutrition and all that stuff is super, super important. A lot of people make the mistake of putting their baby in like a carrier all the time or a jumper or a lot of things like that. 
the more time that baby has on the floor, crawling around, exploring its environment, rolling side to side, playing with its feet, the better off it's going to be down the road. And, I, and I've talked to numerous childhood development specialists who get these kids that have been, um, you know, confined into a walker, a jumper, and it messes with their hip development, it messes with their neurological development. And that doesn't mean the child is damned, but they missed out on a big time opportunity um, to develop uh, a lot of these brain patterns that they, they just are not going to develop as optimally if they started as uh, with play. I would make sure that I get in the habit of getting that kid out in the sun, outdoors, obviously in moderation, uh, being smart about it um, as much as humanly possible. I'd be taking that child outside. You know, I, I would be um, spending a lot of time with that child outdoors. As they got older, I would homeschool the child and get together with a co-op of, of, of like-minded people so that my child can interact and play as a group. I would, I would really encourage a lot of minimally supervised play with other children. I would not use screens at all. And I know that's really difficult for a lot of people to hear that. But if you look at Bill Gates, if you look at all these tech giants, they don't give their kids screens. They don't. They just don't. They don't give them to them until they're 16, 17, 18, even older. And they put them in like these old school uh, cursive writing, you know, Montessori type uh, schools that don't have screens. They use blackboards, um, you know, more play based learning at the early developmental stages. So the, the, the whole learning experience for my child would be based on experiences and learning skills and then learning through osmosis, you know, reading to the child, things like that. But it would be developing skills and habits like a Montessori. They teach the kids to cook. They teach them how to clean things. They teach them how to grow gardens. That, that is, and, and then as they get older, third, fourth, fifth grade, then they would start to learn, you know, uh, more of a traditional style of learning. But, but the, the early development is all about movement and it's all about play because that's how the child's brain develops. I would have them doing every kind of activity known to man. They'd learn how to swim. They'd be doing uh, non-competitive gymnastics, like real basic gymnastic skills, like learning how to do somersaults and walking on beams and, and hang, you know, doing things like that, teaching them how to climb ropes, you know, how to climb things. Um, I, and a lot of it is, is just having a safe environment in the backyard with play sets and things like that and just letting them explore, you know, not being that helicopter parent where you're like standing by them. Oh, my gosh. Allowing them to explore. Obviously, if the kid climbs up like 10 feet in the air, you obviously need to run over there and make sure they don't fall off and kill themselves. But allowing kids to fall, allowing them to learn on their own and they'll figure it out really fast. Um I did a lot of early elementary teaching early in my career, and I've spent a lot of time around really young kids uh, observing. So these kids figure these kids are really smart if if they figure things out really quickly. But a lot of times we over we over parent. Right. And I'm not a parent, so no judgment here, but I, I get it completely. Um, but every sport I would swimming, soccer, dance, um, I would keep it as fun as possible. I wouldn't care about outcomes. I wouldn't care about any of that stuff, right? Play, playing catch with them, teaching them different skills, you know, things like Frisbee, ultimate Frisbee, where they're tracking, learning all these different types of movement, tag, 
games take care of a lot of this stuff, like playing game games with your kids, having kids play games with other kids. And then I would start putting them as they get older, like six, seven, eight, nine. I'd start putting them in rec leagues. I wouldn't go for like the serious stuff yet. I would still have rec league um, where they would go, you know, play t-ball or they would play soccer, but it'd be more for fun. It would be just learning some basic things. And then as I started to see um, the, the things that the child really likes to do, like say they really love baseball, then I would basically coach them for a short period of time, maybe 10, 15 minutes, a couple times a week where I would coach them on that specific skill, but we would still do everything else. We would play all these different things. I'd put them in non-competitive leagues, 10, 12, start getting into a little more focus on what they really like. Like maybe the one kid likes soccer and they like baseball. If they like football, I'd put them in flag football. I'd put them in ultimate Frisbee. But I'm still developing everything I can as far as all the athleticism. Because athleticism, if you don't develop athleticism early on, you can develop skill. Skill skill doesn't really max out for years. Like skill, specific skill development, if you build skill first, the chances are they're going to crash and burn. If you build athleticism first and then you build skill after, that's when you're going to have the most results because the athleticism is the base of the pyramid and the spear is the, the, the um, skill is the top of the pyramid. So, and this is where we would start getting, we'd start getting in trouble because now you're starting to get into like 12, 13, 14, you're starting to get into this competitive stuff. Um, you know, I would find a local high school that would allow someone who's being homeschooled to, to, to play on their team. And I would, or I would look at like the club, you know, depending on what sport it is, I would look at the club and I would see the quality of the coaching and I would go basically where there was better coaching, but I would only play for that season. And if the kid doesn't play a lot, oh, well, um, you know, a lot of these, they'll be like, you have to play club in order to play high school, or you got to play high school in order to play club. But I would pick a team that, the kid could get on and if all they did was practice, then that, that's totally fine, you know, but I have a feeling that, that my kid, because they've played outside their entire life and they've done all these activities is going to be one of the better athletes on the team. If it was, uh, I, I would really like to have a combination of like wrestling, uh, something like wrestling, baseball, uh, flag football, something that covers really all those bases. It depends on the kid or it could be swimming, soccer, um, and then we want a throwing sport. So maybe some track and field or something like that. But I would pick, like, say it was, um, I mean, obviously, unless I, uh, decided to have a child with the woman who was over six foot tall, obviously volleyball is not probably not going to be one of the, uh, the sports that my, my child, uh, excels at. Um, although I was a setter in high school, interesting enough, but I would still have them play volleyball for the experience of playing it. Like when I was growing up, I played everything. We did curling. We did badminton. We did squash. We played rugby. We played everything. Okay. So as they get older, I would pick the two or three sports that they really like, and I would immerse them in those sports for a season. So they would play, you know, soccer with the high school uh, team. 
And then instead of going to club, they would play another sport. So maybe they would do wrestling. Now, if you had a wrestler, soccer player, that would be pretty awesome. I, I, I could see one of my kids being like on the wrestling team and on the soccer team and then like doing track, like, you know, throwing things and things like that. And you're going to start to see as the child develops, like what's their body type? Are they thick and blocky like me, who is going to be great at power in a straight line? Or are they like narrower? Uh, a narrower person is going to be better at rotating. Okay. So you can start pushing them in the direction. And, and a lot of these kids will automatically pursue the sports that they have a better body type or body shape for. And then of course, if I have a kid who shows promise in a certain sport, I am going to find someone who's an expert, like, like somebody like in a perfect world. If, if I had somebody who was into basketball or tennis now, obviously, those are probably not going to be my sports, but a guy like Lee Taft, who's here in Florida, who's a who's a speed expert, who's an athletic development expert, physical education expert. I would hire Lee to come in and work specifically on the skills that my child needed to develop. I wouldn't put him on any advanced travel teams. I would hire a skill coach to work on the specific skills that my child needs to improve to become more efficient at that sport. And I would want them going into college playing at least two sports. You look at the best guys, like your, your Tom Brady's, your um, Tom Brady, John Elway, you know, all these guys, Patrick Mahomes, um, the guy from Arizona, they could have played professional sports in two sports. Wayne Gretzky could have played baseball. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was an incredible lacrosse player. So most of the guys that make it to the top could probably play multiple sports in the pros, like your Deion Sanders, your guys like, like Deion talks about. They played football, he played basketball, he ran track. You know, one season ended, something else started. That's the kind of thing. We want somebody going into college where they're deciding, well, do I want to play baseball or do I want to play football? This whole thing of throwing kid into one sport and, and that's all they do, it's going to end up with 85% of those kids breaking. And so it also gives kids – the ability to decompress and play sports with different intensities so they don't end up very, very um, focused on one energy system. So like, you know, somebody who plays football is going to have strengths in their energy system versus somebody who's a soccer player. They're all going to have these different systems. And so if you use different sports to develop these different systems, you end up with a more balanced athlete. So when it comes time in college to step it up and go to the next level, they have that base to go. Most of the kids, you know, I would have parents bring their 17, 18 year old daughter, particularly soccer and volleyball players into me. And they're like, my daughter has a scholarship. They want her to come play soccer. She doesn't want to play anymore. And I said, well, how long has she been playing for? Well, she's been playing since she was five year round and she maybe has a couple weeks off in the summer and a week off at Christmas. She's been doing indoor. She's been playing on travel leagues. And after, you know, 16 years of that, they're finished. They don't want to do anymore. Right. That happens a ton. And I was like, if you'd have brought them to me when they were 12 and I could have given you some advice, like play club or play high school, don't do both. Give them an off season, have them play a different sport, make the weight room, make athletic development, their other sport. I, I had a couple of volleyball players that, you know, these, these volleyball girls, they'll literally go from club season straight to high school season. They're playing year round. They've got knee injuries. They got shoulder issues. I had a couple of girls that I was like, look, 
let's just like, which is better? Club was better. Club got the better coaching. It's like in the high school, volleyball wasn't that good. I was like, let's not play high school. Let's spend time developing some strength, getting you moving better, working on the qualities that you need to improve. And the off season, they, uh, we were able to train really hard because before they were always playing, they were always practicing, they were always banged up. So we really couldn't go after it like we needed to. And these girls went back after, you know, three or four months of, of, of training and jumped right back in and were jumping so much higher. So we're so much more explosive than the other girls. Cause the other girls were just beat up and worn down. And they also, they were so excited to go back to playing the volleyball. So you got to understand that there's a mental fatigue as part of this too, if you're playing the same sport all the time. So, you know, it's just like education. Like you don't throw someone into like quantum physics at a PhD level right off the bat. And that's what a lot of the Westernized is doing. We're throwing these kids into one sport and throwing all these skills at them without a wide general base uh, of knowledge and, and athletic development. And, I think one of the biggest reasons why kids are struggling today is because we're we're throwing things at their brain that they're just not used to. Mammals develop their brain through play. If you watch bears, if you watch cats, if you watch dogs, they play, they roughhouse. One dog bites the other dog too hard. The other dog bites back. The mom sees it and goes, oh, that's bad. It goes over and pins the dog down on the ground, teaches it discipline, teaches it like, hey, that's enough. Um, we've taken that away from kids, right? And then we've monetized like the AAU and all these things have turned like children's sports into like professional sports leagues and it's destroying our children. And in the United States, we have enough of a population and enough people to choose from where if one breaks, we just throw another in, right? And the amount of money that these parents are spending, like I could not believe like, these parents like will be going to these different events on the weekends. They'll drop, you know, you know, five, six, $700 on a hotel, you know, then they got food, then they're going out and having drinks. And then, and then they're doing this weekend after weekend after weekend in the hopes of chasing a scholarship. But what most people don't realize, unless it's football or basketball, um, there's mostly only partial scholarships. Like the soccer team only has so many scholarships. And a lot of these kids, if you'd just taken the money that you spent on traveling all over the world and invested it, you would have the money to go to any school you wanted to go to. The thing that sports does do is it opens doors up. Like I had a kid who's a good basketball player, really smart kid, um, ended up playing at Vanderbilt. And the reason he got into Vanderbilt was because he could play basketball. I mean, his grades were good enough to get into Vanderbilt. But the fact that he could play basketball, he ended up going there and he ended up being there for five years. He wasn't a starter, but he got to travel all over the world. He got to play on a division one team. He got to play on the team that beat Kentucky in the SEC the year Kentucky went and won the national championship. I mean, that on a resume alone is hands down. So sports allows you to have opportunities to get in maybe to certain schools that you wouldn't have gotten into. But I wouldn't bet the house on my kid getting a scholarship because there's so many people competing in that there's injuries. And then the kid gets hurt when he gets there. And then uh, here's another thing. If you do have a child who's really good at sports, who's being recruited, um, 
if it comes down to like one or two different schools, pick the school that you would go to if you weren't playing the sport. So if you have two schools that are equal, like say the football program's great here, the football program's great here, the strength and conditioning programs are both equally great. Which school would you go to if you weren't playing football? That's the one you want to go to. And that way, if football doesn't work out, you get injured, you don't have to change schools. But it's a lot different now than it used to be. Kids are hopping all over the place. They go somewhere, they don't play, then they, they, they get upset, they go to another school. Back when I when I played, it was transferring was a humongous, humongous pain in the ass. And so now, and with the instant gratification, you know, kids don't understand um, you know, working through things, dealing with difficult coaches. You know, if a kid if a if a kid's on a team and they're not getting enough playing time, the parent moves them to another team, you know, instead of the child like working through things and learning and figuring out maybe you know, and how to deal with a difficult coach. Maybe they don't get along with the coach. And I'm not saying there's never a reason to move your child. If it's a bad environment, I would, I would move them too. But uh, teaching children that it's not always going to be easy. You're not always going to win. How to come back after winning and losing. The consistency of hard work, having fun, you know, your whole life. And here's here's the thing too that you have to get into kids' heads. And this is something that, took me a long time to realize when I was in high school or middle school, my whole identity was based around Jim Laird, the football player, Jim Laird, the wrestler. So when Jim Laird, the football player lost, that was, that, that was, that was my identity, right? Like everything, the whole world was going to come to an end giving. And I got this uh, from a guy who played in the NFL for a long time uh, that worked out at LAC. I believe his name was Fetterspiel. And he told me the kids need to know that football is just something they do. It's not who they are or the sport that they play. Because once that sport becomes the identity, when it when it's taken away from the person, that's when you run into big problems. You start running into kids like getting into a tailspin, you know, where they lose a couple games and then it's the end of the world, right? Whereas you should take that loss personally but it's not who you are. And when that sport, when that it comes time to walk away, you've got friends, you've got family, you've got other hobbies that, that, that are there for you so that you don't completely go to hell. Um, you know, that's why a lot of these NFL guys really struggle when they retire. They're doing a lot better job now starting businesses and having other things that they can work on. But when your whole identity is based around you participating in a sport and then all of a sudden that's gone, it's it's absolutely devastating. So teaching these children that sports is fun, it's something they do, it's something to teach them how to win and lose. It's, it's a great lesson on life uh, to develop character, hard work. There's a reason why athletes are hired by major companies because they know how to win and lose. They know how to deal with difficult people. They know how to, uh, even when things aren't going well, to keep working, to keep practicing. These are all things that sports and competition basically um, teaches children. So the, 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 to make a long story short, play as many sports as you can. Allow your young child to explore its environment. Play, you know, playing on the ground. Get down on the, on the ground with the child and play. Um, that is, is so important in developing a very wide aerobic base or aerobic and movement base so that they can specialize later and allowing them to have off seasons and times away and times where they're enjoying themselves and not getting sucked into that 
one sport deal where, you know, we've got 12 or 13 year old kids that are like, it's the end of the world if they lose and don't put such a big emphasis on winning at a younger age, put an emphasis on effort and uh, development, long-term development, understanding that some of the best kids are not going to peak and be at their best till they're 20, 22, 23, 24, 25. Some of the best kids at a young age, are not going to even be in the be in the discussion when they're older. I, I used to see this with soccer players. You would see a kid who is a soccer player who was just developed uh, faster than everyone else. He grew up faster. Uh, he he just developed sooner and was super fast. And the coaches would just kick the ball up, and he would run down the side. He was faster than everyone else, and he would score. And all of a sudden, you know, he two or three years down the road, he has no skills as a soccer player other than just running down the sideline. But guess what? All the other kids are just as fast as he is now, and he can't do that anymore. So developing the skills of the sport is super, super important as well. Understanding the game, you know, things like in basketball, learning how to dribble with both hands, learning how to cross over, not skipping any steps. Like you just don't teach someone to dunk. You teach them all the other skills first. Like Michael Jordan used to talk about, you know, do you, you know, Bill Walton asked him, Hey, do you, do you practice all this fancy stuff? He says, no, I just practice the fundamentals over and over again. And the fancy stuff comes out of those fundamentals. And that's the thing that people don't realize, whether it's exercise or sports or business, most of the work is not sexy. Most of the work is boring. It can be fun, but they don't, they only see the success. They don't see the hours and hours of work that have, gone into making this person what they are so to sum it up kids learn through play movement and games so get as much play movement and games into your child's life as possible have them play multiple sports as they get older and you see what they're interested in hire skill coaches to work on what they specifically have to work on in order to make them a better player and that's basically it. That's how I would approach it. How you approach it is up to you. It's your your children. So I don't know. Maybe one day I'll maybe one day I'll decide to partake in that experiment. I'm not really too sure, but for now, I'm quite content owning motorcycles and being a traveling Wilbury. So have yourself a wonderful day unless someone has a quick question before I sign off. Dr. Stillman and I are doing a webinar actually this weekend on uh, testosterone and the struggles of the modern man. So if you're a dude, you're having a hard time, uh, you're in a funk, you don't really know where you're at, click the link below, set the reminder on the webinar. Uh, there's a video. If you want to watch a video on the mistakes we see men making with their testosterone, if you click on the link tree, there'll be a mistakes video you can go to. You'll be in an email funnel, all that stuff. And there's, of course, there's other services that Dr. Stillman and I offer. You can check out the link tree for that. If you have any more, any other questions, um, if you have any other questions, you can hit me up on Instagram. I'd be happy to answer questions. Dr. Stillman had to go to the dentist today. So getting his teeth all pretty, um, that's one thing I don't have to worry about. There's nothing I can do to make myself pretty, which is good. So he will be back with me here tomorrow. Have yourself a wonderful day. 
I know I kind of babbled senselessly today and that's totally fine. That's just who I am. Sometimes get outside, like get outside, do something outside. Don't be a zoo human. 